What's up? What's up? What is up, everybody? Hello, and welcome to Critically Aroused, the podcast where we ask, do we even need film critics? And then we review a movie. My name is Blaine Andrews, and I'm your host. And today we are going to be talking about the movie Blow the Man Down, directed and written by Bridget Savage Cole and Danielle Cruddy, and starring Sophie Lowe and Morgan Saylor. All of those names are completely new to me, so this is going to be interesting talking about this film for sure. And it does feel like it's been a pretty long time with all this COVID stuff going on. Granted, like one COVID day is like a, a hundred real life regular days, so it's already extra weird. And we haven't actually recorded an episode in like three weeks, so you know I'm ready to get rolling here. And also, just so you know, right at the start, this episode is rated R. We base our episodes rating on whatever the film we're talking about that week. So Blow the Man Down is rated R, so this week is going to be rated R. And if you're a new listener, we can go ahead and let you kind of know the layout and what our deal is. We try to be your counterculture punk rock film critics, I guess is the best way to put it. We like to come at it a different way. We really don't like Rotten Tomatoes and just critic culture in general. You get a lot of the same voices saying the same things. And it just, we're, we're trying to come at it from a perspective that is fresh and new and interesting and from an every man's perspective from the general public versus this almost entitled critic mindset that things have kind of transitioned to nowadays. So we are your anti-Rotten Tomatoes movie cast. So anyways, our structure is we talk about news right in the front, and then we have a what's new with you section where we talk about the stuff that we've been watching lately, and followed by that is what makes our podcast special. We do our Rotten Tomatoes score predictions for the film of the week, so we will actually try and guess what the scores for this movie are. Are that we have seen this week and we come in completely fresh we don't look at any reviews we try not to watch any trailers we know very little about the films that we review when we come into them so we're coming in pretty dark and we'll make a guess on how we think the critics think about it and how the general public will think then we tell you who we think should and shouldn't see the film and we go into our reviews after that and following our review is our big reveal so you get to see what we think about what the tomato scores actually are after we take a look at them and that's always quite interesting from week to week. So now that you've kind of got a lowdown on how we do things, we'll uh, we'll get rolling into the podcast. And actually joining me today is, you know, the same old people that always do. It's Christopher Cowles. Oh, hey, man, what's up? It's uh, oh, it's it's great to be back and hanging out. You're my best bud in the whole wide world. And I love you so much. And I'm just like, I'm so super happy. Also, like, I don't even you know, I don't even really like watch or like movies. So, you know, I mean, whatever. I'm just here. I just sit on this couch, you know, and, and oh, and, and Oh, okay, Chris. All right. Cool, cool, dude. Cool. Oh, and also, you know, not just Chris Kaus is here. Matt, Matt Verlack, he's here. Yo, hey, bro. What's up, dude? I'm Matt. I like I like Pacific Rim. Yeah. All right, Matt. Oh, glad glad to have you here today too. Oh, and aside from those two, actually joining me is my better half, my wife, Sydney Andrews. She's the only one that's actually here. Mm, I don't think I can um, 
associate myself with you after that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I just, I miss them so much. I had to just like bring them here in spirit. If I had known you were going to do that, I would have much preferred to at least impersonate one of them. Uh, that's if you want to, you can probably go ahead. Matt. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I was a little off on my Matt impersonation. You can yeah. do Matt if you want. You want to go ahead? You kind of butchered it. I did. Sorry, Matt. What does Matt sound like? Can you do him? Well, I mean, I could, but that doesn't sound like Matt. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound anything like Matt. You can't put me on the spot to do an okay. impression. I, I won't make you do one. I mean, I thought my Chris was pretty good. It might pop out later. I just okay. it has to be off the cuff. Okay. Kay. Sure. All sure. Right. I don't know. All right. Sounds good. Well, anyways, yeah. So this is Sydney's uh, debut episode on Critically Aroused. So this will be a fun one. She's she's learning the ropes and going to be trying this thing out. We miss the boys. They're not here today. It's weird not having them. But, you know, due to COVID-related craziness, they are not here. So we're going to just keep trucking without them, sadly. And uh, honestly, I'm kind of after... Well, never mind. I won't even say that. I'll save it for later. So anyways, uh, why don't we go ahead and get into the news, or is there anything else you want to say in between your wine sips here, Sid? Uh, no. No, I'm good. Just okay. basking in the glory of being in the room for the first time, since yeah. I'm never allowed Yeah, here. well, since the two of them aren't in here, it doesn't smell like farts. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, that's a start. It's a little better. So, which actually, we don't have our candle lit that smells like America. The guys are normally the ones that remind me to light it, so it yeah. doesn't smell like America in here. No. For shame. (laughs) Anyways. All right, cool. Well, let's get on into the news. So I picked three stories. Two of them are a little bit older. One of them primarily uh, the first one here, which is an article that I, that kind of did the rounds uh, a a few, I guess maybe two weeks ago about AMC movie theaters. I told you a little bit about it, but the fact that AMC theaters are not doing well amidst this whole situation. Uh, basically now I don't really have a ton of knowledge on how big businesses and their credit scores and things like that go, but basically their, their scores were lowered a significant amount through the shutdown. And it sounds like they're really hurting. And actually, I guess the, the organization that basically keeps an eye on these things said that AMC's outlook went from highly speculative, which was already kind of bad. I didn't realize that they were already in that position, but went from highly speculative down to default imminent with a little prospect of recovery. Yikes. So that sounds really bad. And it really bummed me out. I was texting the guys about it and we kind of had a text chain going about this throughout it. And basically also in the article, it says uh, their their statement was, we do not believe AMC has sufficient sources of liquidity to cover its expected negative cash flows past midsummer. And we believe the company will likely breach its six time net senior secured leverage. Um, So basically it sounds bad. So I don't know how this kind of thing works during the situation, but Sounds like they might have to get bailed out or something. Somebody will buy them up or they'll dissolve. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, and I really hope that it's not the latter. I mean, I even said to them, you know, we were talking the other week about how Christopher Nolan actually had written a, an article about this exact situation before all this came out. 
and talking about how we needed to save movie theaters. And then this happens. And I'm like, well, you know, if everybody's really concerned, then what might need to happen is these big studios, directors, actors. It could be that some of these types of individuals end up pitching in or swooping in to either buy up, save or help out with all these. Because, I mean, AMC is pretty much the big dog. They're the ones that people go to. So if they're gone, I can only imagine how the others are doing. This is going to be a massive hit to the industry. Yeah, I mean, it actually would be kind of neat if some of the people in the industry would actually um, buy into the theater. Like you see a bunch of um, celebrities going into like weird um, businesses like... (laughs) Like Ryan Reynolds and his phone company? (laughs) Yeah. Or Aviation Gym? Gin. Gin, yeah. Like, and um, what's his face from Jensen Ackles and his. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a smaller business, but yeah. yeah but they I have mean, like a, what is it? A, a, is it a it's brewery? Like a, it's like a bar. Yeah, a bar and grill or some kind of deal. A brewery or something. Brewery, yeah. maybe. Well, and even uh, uh, Hugh Jackman has his own coffee company. There are a lot of things with Laughing Man Co- Coffee and a lot of celebrities are into this stuff. So, you know, who knows? They could. Uh, we we were kind of joking and I was saying that um that that Christopher Nolan actually should be the one. Granted, I don't know that he'd have enough money to buy MC, but like, you know, pony up and and Nolan buy it and then like that way it could be called like Nolan Theaters and then at the beginning of every movie it just does the inception. <laughs> like right when the movie starts. I mean, that would make my day. So that's personally what I think should happen. I mean, I can I can agree with that. So, yeah, but I don't, I don't know. We'll have to just sit back and watch and see what happens with this situation, but it's, it's not a great one. So I don't want to stay on it too long, but so the other two articles are actually pretty cool. These, this is bigger news. And I don't think you've heard about either of these. I've actually intentionally not said anything to you about them so that we could talk about them here. But so the first one being, this is crazy. And I'm guessing that most of the people that are listening to this have not even heard about this yet, but so Amazon Prime Video has got South by South, the South by Southwest Film Festival. Like Amazon Prime Video is actually going to show the films that were going to be at South by Southwest. What? So the general public and everyone is going to get to see them. What? What's yeah. it cost? It no, so there is no cost. They're actually even removing it from the prime. From what I have seen, now I'm kind of glancing at this article again. But from what I gather, it says so. Here it says it's going to be exclusively on Prime Video in the U.S. for ten days. The one-time event will be available in front of the Prime Video paywall and free to all audiences around the country. What a time to be alive. That's actually pretty amazing. This is something that the general public has never had access to. Yeah. This is amazing. This is one of the coolest things to come out of COVID, honestly. Like, this is crazy. And so, basically, they haven't explained exactly how it's going to work, I don't think. But my guess is that what's going to happen is that it's going to run on kind of a loop since it's going to be for 10 days. I don't know how long the festival normally is, or maybe not even on a loop, but it will probably actually operate like the film festival to where like, if you, if you don't get on and view at let's say seven o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday, then like that's when that movie plays. Like if you want to see it, then you have to show up for the timing. Hmm. I would be, that seems like it'd be the smart way to do it. 
That way, everybody's just not able to continuously watch these films over and over and over again. I mean, if that's how they set it up, then awesome. Or maybe they set it up to where you get like a one-time watch on each of these films or something along those lines. But I just don't see them making all of the movies that were going to be at South by Southwest completely open to everyone throughout the entirety of the 10 days. That sounds crazy. Yeah, who knows? I mean, we could speculate, but either way, it's pretty dope. Yeah, it's really awesome. I'm super excited about this. So uh, it looks like they're, it says targeting a late April date. So honestly, this is going to be pretty soon. So because today mm-hmm. we're sitting at, do you know what the date is today? I'm trying to look and see. Where Did it, you say April 10th? No, a late April. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Is that, uh, we're oh, at the 16th now. Yeah, so. it's the 16th. So we're talking in the next week or two, this is probably going to happen. So this is crazy. I'm super excited. But cool. so yeah, everybody listening now, you know, so be on the lookout for that because I'm not sure how many people actually heard about this when the news dropped because I've heard little talk about it since. Uh, the other thing, the last article I wanted to talk about, I actually saw this. I'm pretty sure like a day. No, this was actually looks like this specific article was today. I can't remember if I saw it today or yesterday. This this one I've got pulled up here is actually from Forbes, but it is official through this COVID stuff, Netflix is officially worth more than Disney. What? Yes. Netflix is worth more than Disney. The hell hath frozen over. Yeah. The, the king has been dethroned. Mm, wow. Yeah. Netflix told oh, the mouse to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's That's really wild. crazy. Yeah. The streamer stock, it says the streamer stock climbed 5% by midday after closing at a record price of nearly 427 per share on Wednesday. You know what? I'm cool with that. Netflix. I mean, they're a huge presence obviously in the world, in the, in the industry, but sure. they, they tend to also have tons of independent stuff and mm-hmm. they come out of left field with some very, um, unique and not mainstream content all the time. Yeah. And so to me, I mean, just from a censorship perspective, like I'm more of a, I'm more pro Netflix than I am Disney. <laughs> in terms of what they're what they're putting out and yeah, like I mean they're both probably gonna own the world, but I mean maybe so, but yeah, I would say if I had to pick one, I would I would definitely be in the Netflix camp. So that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I guess that they're actually associating some of it to the ever so dumb Tiger King. Uh, <laughs> apparently because <laughs> How of... dare you? <laughs> I'm not on board. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a it's it's a Friggin' like psyop or something. I don't know. It's I don't. It's not my cup of tea. Oh my but, god! <laughs> we have to talk about this. Actually, I was pretty impressed. I was listening to a podcast today, and there were three people reviewing Tiger King, and none of them liked it. They were all actually just okay. I have well, I say, way too much to say about Tiger King for us to do this. Uh, we right don't have now. to talk about it right now. Uh, well, I say I, I don't say none of them liked it. One of them liked it pretty well, but they all basically just were like. I agreed with some of what they said, didn't agree with some of it, but it is, it was more of the uh, portrayal and the slant that the documentary took. And it seems like some of that was even different than the podcast, which I listened to that I've referred to the past couple of weeks. So I don't know. Anyways, we don't have to get into it deep. Oh, we're going to get into it. Well, well, we'll get into it when we talk about what we've been watching. Okay. Well, we can do that off the cuff. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, uh, 
So it said, aside from increased viewership, Netflix has seen another benefit from the crisis. Like the rest of Hollywood, it has had a halt. It it has had to halt their production. Um, so basically, it's causing them to accumulate revenue because they're not spending money making things. Oh, I don't know about that though. That sounds like a um. That sounds like a house of cards. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it's good. It's probably just looking good for their numbers right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is that if this keeps up, which the thing is with Netflix is they have more content than anybody. They probably have enough sitting on their shelves waiting to release right now that are finished or almost finished that they could probably have stuff coming out every every other week or every week for the rest of the year. Oh, to that point, they're like the ultimate prepper of a corporation. Yeah. So this is the perfect situation for them. When you, when you put it that way, they're probably fine. Yeah. They'll just have to, they'll just have to portion out mm -hmm. their releases over the next few years and it won't affect their, uh, their subscribers at all. So they'll be Uh, good to go. Honestly, it will probably be better for a lot of their content because Netflix is known for overwhelming everybody. And they're good things that literally just like sit, they just slip through the cracks because of how, how often they are releasing new content. Yeah. Well, excellent point. Um, because there's something I just watched that I never knew about because I think it probably came out around the same time as a bunch of other things. And so, yeah, I think it could actually be a good thing in a lot yeah. of ways for them. That's this, yeah. really interesting. This might teach them actually to chill out a little bit, but they're probably going to be one of the only studios and the only people that are going to continue to regularly release bangers. Oh, man, but you know what? <laughs> that, yeah, okay, so that's really cool, but as a people, we should be kind of eyes on Netflix. Like, oh, yeah. what are they putting out? Because they're going to be monopolizing. Sure. Um, hmm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. So I just thought that this was wild. And the fact that Disney is at least temporarily dethroned, which is pretty crazy. So that that's not a common occurrence. So yeah, we're just looking at a totally different landscape right now for, for media, uh, primarily, you know, video media, but it's just going to continue to change. And I have a feeling that Netflix is going to stay in this position for a while because Disney is holding back most of its big stuff for when the theaters reopen, because they are just going to lose too much money if they release it digital. Correct. And they're going to get the same complaint that everybody had been doing about this Trolls movie, which is, you know, oh, I'm not going to pay $20 to watch Trolls and I don't even get to own it. Oh, yeah. I saw somebody. Uh, oh, not anybody famous. A friend of ours <laughs> who is uh, who owns a big business in Florida, uh, Jared, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I know is wealthy. That was like, I can't believe y'all are spending $20 on Trolls and uh-huh. kind of shocked me. So well, shout been, out to but, Jared if you're listening. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> and the thing is, too, is people like that. I have a feeling that most of the people making these types of comments aren't people that are used to going to see stuff in theaters. And I know that Jared is not one of those people. Uh, so it does seem like a lot, but the thing is, it's not like, it's totally worth spending $20. I mean, if you go, if two of you go to the theaters and see this movie, these movies, it's going to be $20 and that's not buying popcorn or anything like that. So, I mean, you would have spent that money anyways. And I mean, better to support these studios and show that like, wait, look, you're taking a risk by releasing it now at home. We're going to support you and watch it versus not because it, it's just, it's going to work out bad for all of us. If people aren't showing up to support them doing this kind of thing, unless everybody's kind of just trying to force their hand into charging a little bit less. But honestly, I think that 
being that it didn't, these are theater quality movies that are supposed to be released in theaters and are coming out at home. I think that it's a good deal. Yeah. I mean, I could agree with that. So from there, that's pretty much all our news stuff. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we headed over in our, uh, what's new with you section? No, just uh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Perfect. All right. Well, so we're going to go over into what's new with you, which is where we talk about what we've been watching lately. And I will let Sid start so you can go first. Okay. So I wasn't prepared to talk about Tiger King for some crazy reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that wasn't on my mind. Um but since you mentioned it, mm-hmm. uh, I definitely watched it, just like everyone else in the entire world, except for you. I watched enough of it to know that it was just like the podcast, just from a slightly different slant. Okay. So that's really interesting because, so I watched it and of course, like, you know, I'm very, very like vocal about my southernness and... Um, my white trash side, which I'm like <laughs> very connected to. Uh-huh. And so and instantly just was like, yes, this is my people. Um, even Joe, like I was just like, yeah. And well, yeah, especially since what's his face is actually from like Myrtle beach, which is like right down the road. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, this is awesome. And also I had been influenced already by social media, which yeah. was like, already just being like you know kind of low-key like joe is dope and he's like this redneck renegade and i'm just like all in on that but as i kept watching it i'm just in like everybody's like fuck carol baskins (laughs) and (laughs) so i like came into it like yeah fuck carol baskins and and then i'm like but my brain is always critical always of things and the whole time I'm just thinking, why am I supposed to hate Carol Baskin? <laughs> why do I hate her? Like, obviously. Because she's, she's a bitch. Because she's a bitch. But, like, <laughs> the whole time I'm just thinking, yeah, she's annoying. Yeah, she, like, I, I don't know. I mean, but, like, why are we indicting this woman on being annoying? Is she being indicted? No, I mean indicting, like, hypothetically. Oh, you just mean, like, socially indicted? Yeah, for sure. And, like... Even with the stuff about her. Because I think they did reopen the case because of the show. Uh, correct. Yep. And and maybe there's good reasons for that. But I just want to talk about, you know, what the evidence that we did have. Because that's important right now in the world. Like, mm-hmm. when you make, you form your opinions, like, it shouldn't be based on persuasive people. Like, mm-hmm. this, this pastoral type of personality that shows up in social media and shows up on tv and shows up in the news and these people who just have this very compelling like Mm -hmm. see this is what you should think and this is why and it can seem really compelling but if you just step back and go okay what are the facts with carol baskins which that's not our name but i love that he adds an s to it when he (laughs) talks about her um but she uh she actually there's basically i mean there's some obvious like um, issues with her character, like the way that she runs her business and how there's all these like volunteers that she doesn't pay. And she's like, uh, acts like she doesn't even care about them until they've at least worked there for three years. Like you could build a character, um, I guess, criticism of her and, and base that on some things. But when it comes down to her husband, y'all cannot prove anything (laughs) and also he was a dum-dum and couldn't even spell he hardly could write that um (laughs) that uh what is it called um 
uh, I can't think of the name of it. When you go to court and you try to keep someone from being around you, what's it called? Oh, a, uh, oh man. Um, <laughs> I know what you're talking about too. You caught me off guard and I'm trying to think, I'll think of it in like five minutes, but anyways, you we know, know what I'm you're talking mean. about. So, yeah. but he, he wrote down a bunch of reasons why he felt like she needed to stay away from him. And I mean, he, and I'm not trying to be mean to people who can't write like, but <laughs> sure you I, are. <laughs> I kind of am. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm really not like, there's plenty of wonderful people who are not literate, but what I'm saying is like, he was this millionaire that was extremely successful business wise. Mm -hmm. And he like was well known for piloting this plane that he used to hop on all the time. And at one point he either didn't have a pilot's license or he had never had a pilot's license. He also was involved in multiple things that were, you know, of suspect. So Mm -hmm. for him to disappear, like, on his plane that he wasn't even supposed to be flying is really not that suspect for Carol. It's yeah. way more likely that he was just up to some no good. I mean, stuff. he might, might, maybe he was maybe I don't know. I'm just yeah, saying I, that we don't have enough evidence either way. Yeah. To- I heard that they, they based like an entire episode of the pod or I mean of the show on her, like maybe being suspect about the murder, right? Like a, basically a whole episode about it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting. Apparently she had a lot of issues with that, but like, so the podcast did not handle it that way. They just like let you organically like hear her, hear the situation, hear what's going on. That was one of the things that I heard was kind of a big complaint, not comparing the two, like the podcast and the show, but just that the show feels like it's very much trying to come from a slant of like, Love Joe because he's ridiculous and crazy and funny, even though he's a giant piece of shit. Yeah, and, and like, he's a predator, too, yeah. oh, in yeah. my opinion. Like, yeah. people are like, oh, he got a bunch of, like, you know, straight guys to marry him. But it's like, mm, he also was, like, pretty old. And these guys are all kind of young. And if these were uh, females. I'd heard that one was, like, legit underage when, it like, they started seeing each other or whatever i'm not positive on that but i mean at the very least if it was flipped and these were young girls we would have as a a society so many issues with this as we should yeah and therefore in this case why are we not looking at joe and 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 i get it because like like i said i was all about joe he's so funny like his his whole entire character is hilarious but the fact is you know he does appear to be a predator and so do other people in this industry so i guess all i have to say about that is i don't know why you hate the show because it's amazingly interesting i just don't care yeah just don't care okay like i said i mean i spent however many episodes listening to the podcast like before all this blew up and honestly i mean i thought it was interesting but like you know i listen to podcasts all the time and i listen to a lot of them and i didn't even tell you about this one so that tells you how interesting <laughs> I found it. Not interesting. Well, also, you couldn't see the tigers. No, but I mean, I'm not like a huge, like, I'm not like, oh, I'm just super hype about looking at tigers, like, cool, I guess. I don't know. You're in the minority. So I mean, I am. Saying. I'm not I'm not saying I'm not. I'm just saying, like, and also, I mean, I will say that the downfall of podcasts, and I said it on the other episode, is that you don't get to see Joe. And seeing Joe is half of the thing and all of his crazy white trash people and just all the ridiculousness surrounding all that. Yeah, totally. And all the other people involved, like just, yeah, it's, it is a wondrous piece of Americana. Um, but I, but I also find it, I guess my final point on it would just be, I find it interesting that the internet got a hold of the story fast enough to go ahead and agree with the premise or the slant as you called it 
to where it had this really interesting effect on society. Well, yeah. Um, and it just seems like everybody bought into the messaging, which is part of what kind of rubs me the wrong way. Like when I stand back and like, I look at it, I just tend to notice this kind of stuff where I'm like, Oh, very interesting that this show took a very specific slant and everybody loved Joe. How surprising, like, I wonder why they call this television programming. <laughs> like, well, yeah, know. and and also, but but to be to also take that to the next level. Why do people love Joe? They didn't love Joe because they want to be, you know, connected to Joe in any way. I mean, obviously, he's untrustworthy. We like him because he's an interesting character. Sure, and we're making fun of him. Sure, the whole world is, yeah. and anybody who says they're not might be a little bit like me and like, no, nah, but I really am a redneck too. Kind of yeah. like, but yeah, but you're still like, I get that. I totally do. But you're still, you still love the hilarity of sure. it. So to that point, I would also throw in the fact that he ran as a libertarian, mm-hmm. which I've been saying for a while that the libertarian mentality is going to be attacked. Um, I've been saying this for at least a year sure. that this is coming in the political landscape, that people are going to start attacking libertarians, trying to make them seem stupid. Sure. Well, he's and, a great way to make libertarians look stupid. Oh, that's for, for sure. sure. And incompetent and completely politically just like cross-eyed. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, it did a perfect job of that. So talk about an agenda. I'll keep that to myself. But anyway, um, sure. because, you know, all under the guise of we love him, but he's dumb. Yeah. And so is libertarianism. But anyway, uh-huh. um, so that would I'll kind of end on that. But then yeah. um, what I also been watching that I want to shout out is feel good um, with May, not Whitman, Martin, May Martin mm-hmm. um, is it's a Netflix original, correct? It is. And. I don't come prepared with all these little facts like you do, but I would just tell people that if you liked Fleabag, if you like Crashing um, with Pete Holmes on HBO, this is basically if those two shows had a baby and it's incredible. It's so funny and awkward in the best way. And and actually, I think it's Maeve, not May. I think it's May. It is May. It's May. Yes. M-A-E. Martin. Uh, what, uh, yes. Well, uh, her real name is her character's name as well. Right. Right. I knew that. That's why I said it's kind of like crashing because yeah, she's a, com- he, she's yeah. a comedian and, and he plays himself on his show as well. Right. C- correct. And she also is couch surfing at the time the show starts. Yeah. Um, and, it's and just-, just like Pete Holmes, she's a lesbian. <laughs> 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 I was not ready for that. Sorry. If you're not familiar with Pete Holmes, that is a joke that he likes to make about himself. Shout out Pete Holmes. <laughs> God, that was funny. Good job, babe. Uh, yeah, do it again. Um so yeah, that show's great. Anybody who um likes comedy, likes lesbians, um kidding. <laughs> but for real, um it's great. And Another thing that I watched, what was it that I wanted to talk about? I don't know. Oh, don't fuck with cats. Yeah. Okay. Real brief on this because probably a lot of people know about it. But speaking of, I I said I was going to talk about this um, when we were mentioning Netflix's way of pushing out tons of content um, all at one time. Sure. Um, I guess this came out. 
Yeah, it oh. came out. Uh, it wasn't a super long time ago. I think it was like a two months. I remember when it came out, and I had my eyeball on it, but I, uh, you know, just didn't. I don't know. I don't tend to. I like documentary type stuff, but I prefer to have it in podcast form. Yeah, that's just the way that I like to consume that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I feel that, but I missed it somehow, and so I started it for whatever reason. I had no idea what it was about, and like fifteen minutes in, I'm texting. Uh, my girls and I'm just like y'all have you seen this and they're all like yeah we've seen it <laughs> so um, shout out Zena and Victoria um, <laughs> and it's amazing and if you haven't seen it and you have any sort of interest in true crime and having your mind blown and just general craziness and well and so from what i've gathered and from what you've said it sounds like this show is not marketed well well yeah because it's called don't fuck with cats yeah but actually and if even if you watch the trailer it seems like it's just about a guy who kills cats who fucks with cats yes (laughs) which is not the the case but But don't yeah i don't want to give away too much no no and this doesn't give away anything i don't think but what I love about this is that we can we can categorically say this is not just about someone who fucks with cats. Yeah. But the reason they wanted to call it this, and it's a for, for a great reason, is that they didn't want to glorify the person yeah. involved in yeah. the crimes that are uh, portrayed. Yep. And that's why they titled it that. And actually, the closing line of the show um, is about, are you now complicit as a true crime consumer um because and and if you watch it you'll see what that means but she's basically saying you know she's basically calling out the true crime consumer population and saying are you guys complicit in these crimes and these murders because you're so obsessed with crime how many years have i been saying that yeah and actually i find it quite interesting that someone other than me is saying that yeah i mean it because as a true crime person like it, it hit it you know i you don't want to hear that and you want to be like, no, of course I'm just interested in it or whatever. And I mean, that is the case, but yeah, I mean, it's a good question and it's why she, it's, it is literally why they named it. Don't fuck with cats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is cool. That's cool. So that's well, all I have. I'll still probably see it. And I'm curious how many other people haven't seen it. I, it just didn't seem to get a lot of press or a lot of buzz. So it didn't, I saw it on there and just kind of went past it and it, it intrigued me, but wasn't really planning on watching it, but it sounds like it's pretty decent. So I'll probably see it at some point. So those are the main ones you were going to talk about, right? Yep. Those three. Yep. Okay. So I'll go through mine pretty quick. One of which we can both talk about because I actually basically forced you to watch it, which is probably, it's one of my favorite movies of the year. And it's actually one that we didn't even get to do a podcast on. It was actually right before we started the podcast, which was The Gentleman uh, with Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, and Jeremy Strong, and Colin Farrell, and a whole slew of people. Oh, well, and actually, I guess I shouldn't forget your favorite person in it, Hugh Grant. And <laughs> this movie, it caught a lot of flack by critics, which really ticked me off. And this is directed by Guy Ritchie, but this movie is so damn good god dang it it's good watch the gentleman please i beg you give this movie some money like we i mean i wanted you to watch it they were selling it for 15 bucks i bought it instead of renting it because it was only 10 bucks more like i've seen it twice i want to keep watching it like it is so good i adore it yeah same it's it's phenomenal it's the guy Ritchie insanity and 
character that yeah. you just don't get anywhere else. Well, and it's him doing essentially a mob movie. It's Guy Ritchie doing a mob movie that is about a mob, drug, actually weed running in, of all things in, in London, basically. And that is just a super interesting concept and something that you normally don't think about. And everybody in it just kills it. It's just a fantastic film. I don't even want to say too much. I'd just say if you've seen a lot of bad press on it, all the people complaining about it being insensitive and hurting feelings and all this bullshit, just, <laughs> just, just freaking watch the movie. It's really good. And just get over the butt hurtness and watch it. Like it's just, I mean, it is him not giving a shit because he's just, you can tell he's over just tiptoeing around every last thing. But the big thing about it in this movie that I love is that, He's not going after certain groups or intentionally just coming after certain people to offend them. He's just coming at, he just says things about everybody. Like he's not just attacking people willy nilly, you know, he's just making fun of life. Well, I think it more than anything, it's just a portrayal of reality. Yeah. And, and if any, I mean, I'm sorry, but reality is reality. If yeah. you're trying to convey that, if that's important to your um, message that you're, um, that you're trying to convey, then it makes sense. Like, sure. It's yeah. Just realistic well, in the crime world. Yeah, it is. And I feel like, you know, this constant, and I mean, I know I harp on it a, a lot. Everybody's probably used to it, but it is with this PC stuff. It is, it's almost, that, that's a good point. Is it almost is altering reality when you're constantly seeing things depicted that aren't a realistic depiction, just because the writers or directors or whoever are being so careful you're being so careful that you're actually not portraying things the way that they would be. Well, and to me, it's just lazy because it's like yeah. you're just rewriting reality when what you could be doing is actually formulating a message sure. that's impactful and that changes people's minds or changes people's perspective. Like a lot of these things just don't have the effort that you and I are um, interested in. I find um, when talking to you about this kind of stuff is like we're, we're, we tend to both be more interested in something that has a message that changes sure. your mind yeah. that makes you go, Whoa, what if it's this? Whoa. What if, what if I never thought about it this way? Yeah. Like, God, that's so much more transformational than something that's just like, we're going to rewrite how things are to make you more comfortable. Like yeah. it's just, yeah. So I think what happens is you just call that out and you're like, well, that's an agenda. And it's yeah, like, exactly. it, it kind of takes you out of it well, more it's than pandering. anything. It, it becomes pandering. and It is. And it just takes you out of the movie. It, it does when so. it's unrealistic or whatever. But, but anyways, all I'm getting at is I guess the reason I even call attention to that is because I know a lot of people did not watch this movie for the specific reason of why we're doing this podcast, which is that critics and, and not all, I think it still did. Okay. It just didn't do great. And the people that had an issue with it, it was for those reasons primarily. That's a shame. And I just find that to be wildly unfair. It, well, it's just a shame because it's like, if you're going to criticize something, criticize it for where it really like doesn't do what it sets out to do. Sure. Don't, don't, don't enforce stand. Don't, you know, um, impose standards on it that it's not even, it's not even trying to meet. Sure. Like and I mean, I guess that their, I mean? their argument is that, you know, that everybody should just be trying to meet these standards, that they should just be changing the way that they think and operate to make people more comfortable. Or, yeah. And I say, fuck that. Yeah, I completely because, agree. No, because you're it's the artist. Censorship. It's censorship. Well, I mean, cause the, the thing is, form. is that film and TV 
our our stories for humanity. Like this is what we're doing. This is what we're creating right now in this moment in time in history. And I mean, that's really powerful and it's very important. And for anything to be controlling that narrative at a high level is an absolute abomination in my opinion. Oh yeah, it is. It's a shame. And we already know that there's a level of control within film and TV and whatever from other higher ups and stuff. It's, it's bad enough that with the money makers and things like that and, or, or, and financers and things that, that are influencing them, it's bad enough that that happens for it also to be followed up by creators and whatnot also inserting this type of stuff on, on their, their own, own. <laughs> on their own free will. That's just, that's fucking ignorant. Like, yeah. why, like don't, don't neuter yourself. Like it's just, I don't, it doesn't seem like a smart way to yeah, handle it. Totally. Well, and I just think, you know, to that same point, like if somebody wants to come out with something that is extremely offensive and it's harmful and it, and it doesn't put out any joy or goodness sure. to the world, well, it's going to suffer those consequences. Yeah. And, and, and so it shall. I mean, that's my opinion. Well, like, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> well, and that's, is the thing is that if these things, if the, something does have content or whatever that bothers you, I mean, it is within your right and, and whatnot to express your dis- dislike with it. I guess more of my issue is just that there is just this very loud voice, especially within film critics that I think set out to tank things because there are things that just don't meet their agenda. I guess. Yeah, I agree. And so that that's more of what I'm getting at. But as far as the general public, I mean, if you don't like something, don't want to watch it, or if it rubs you wrong, definitely voice your opinion. And it's okay for you not to like it. I'm not saying that you have to like it. I'm just saying that forcing creators to bend to your will is not a healthy thing. Yeah. No, I so. completely agree. Vote with your money and, yeah. and your attention. And sure. Yeah. For yeah. sure. So anyways, I don't know. I don't want to harp on that too much, but I mean, we, I just, oh, we harped on it. We did. We did. <laughs> that, we went in. Yeah. Well, <laughs> see the gentleman, you can, you can see your own uh, opinion there, but y- you know, after seeing it, but I, I adore this movie. So the only other thing I'm going to talk about, and I'm just going to bring it up real quick. is something that I've talked about once, maybe even twice already, which is Westworld season three. Holy ever loving shit. This show makes me so happy. I love it so much, which is crazy because season one came out and I was like, meh, that's fine. It's a show, whatever, you know, it was okay. And which is crazy because I love Westerns. I mean, I literally have a cowboy tattooed on my body. Like (laughs) I love Westerns. I love cowboys, but this show just wasn't clicking for me. And I hated that. And season two just inserted itself so far up its own ass. It couldn't see straight (laughs) and just got so convoluted and ridiculous. Like it just did not do anything for me. I was not even going to come back. But then when I saw that they were reshuffling things and that Aaron Paul was coming in, who's known from being Jesse and Breaking Bad. And there were just all these changes being made. It just, man. And I'm so glad I'm back on it. I know I've already talked about this a bit before in previous podcasts, if you've listened, but seriously, check out Westworld season three. Honestly, you probably don't even have to watch season one. I'd say probably uh, you really don't have to watch season one or two. You can just come in. There will be a few things that'll be a little confusing. You'll be like, who are these people, whatever. But for the most part, it can get fleshed out. You can probably look it up a little bit. Like this is a totally new setting, a different environment. It's futuristic. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's sexy. Like everything about this show is the shit freaking watch Westworld season three. It's so good. 
anyways endorsement yes sorry yeah seriously <laughs> i mean i don't know man this show just like it is i've just been i was a little behind and i watched like four episodes within the past week or three episodes or whatever it was they're up to episode five and i think they're only gonna have eight total but i'm just like already hating that it's gonna have to go away in three more episodes after three weeks because I just want more of it. It's so good and it's great. And, and actually this is Christopher Nolan's brother and his wife that are making this show. And this feels a lot more like a Nolan property than the other two seasons did to me. This just feels like this is their element. This is maybe what it should have been from the beginning, but they were basing it off of an old movie and possibly book. So they were tied to that a little bit, but now that they're out of the park, this shows the shit. Check it out. So watch Westworld season three. Uh, but we've, we've kind of gone on long enough through this segment, I think. And so I think we should move on to everything involving blow the man down. So first things first, what we need to do is we need to get into our tomato score predictions for blow the man down. So I'm going to let you go first and let me know what you think about this thing. You know, you always have other people go first is what I've noticed. <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I went first the last week or two, but I don't think you've listened to like the last three episodes. So until um, you listen to those, then, uh, you know, don't, out. don't, uh, get sassy with me. Okay. All right. So, all right, let's do it. So <clears throat> I think that, uh, critics will love this movie. Mm hmm. You do. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't, it'll be some crazy, like mind fuck of a reason. But anyway, uh, I think they're going to go for like 92%. Really? That high? Yeah. Whoa. I think they're going to love it. Okay. Um, do I have to say why I think that right now or? No, we'll save that. We're going to save it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so and what do you think the audience is going to think? So I, th yeah, audience, I'm going to say 59%. Really? Mm-hmm. I mm -hmm. feel like these could be pretty good guesses. I am a real good guesser of stuff <laughs> like this. You know this about me. You are. I am excellent at this type of exercise. Yeah. It, this could be a good guess. I'm interested to see how this turns out. So... I don't, I'm going to stray a little bit from you here. I do think the critics are going to like this thing. I, I'm not going to guess a 92. I'm going to go a little lower. I'm going to go with like a 87 on Rotten Tomatoes for the critics. And for the audience, man, 59 seems pretty solid. I'm going to go a little higher. I'm going to go with a 60. Hmm. You're just trying to win. No, I'm not trying to win. I mean, I am a winner by nature, but I'm not trying to win here. No, of course you are. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with a 60. I went with an 87. I'll go with the 66. There we go. I distanced myself. Okay. Five for me. I'm okay with that. I was going to be mad, but I gave I'm not us a mad. Little gap. All right. So, all right. So now that we've guessed that, what we normally do is we talk about who should or should not see the film because our actual review is 100% spoilers. We don't really talk about the film. We like for everybody else to do kind of like us. Now, I mean, technically you could listen to our review before you see this movie, but we actually kind of encourage that people just see it and support it and come in blind and fresh. So who do you think should or shouldn't see this film? I'm really 
really curious as to what you're about to compare this to. <laughs> oh my god! Let's let's see if you're as good at this as Matt is, because every week my man is solid oh, on his guesses. Matt's a bitch. <laughs> that is true, but his guesses are still good. So okay, so sorry, Matt. I really Damn, love you. Dude. That's brutal. <laughs> I love you, Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's his birthday today, and you oh, out here, you out here in these streets calling him a bitch on a podcast. How could you just say that? That's dirty on his birthday. He he's on dirty thirty. He knows I love him. I've sent him like fourteen gifts today. Have so, you? Yeah. Love you, Matt. Okay, so um, as far as who should and shouldn't see this movie, mm-hmm. um, I am primarily rating it on the vibe and the feel and the mood yeah. that I get from it. Sure. Because that's the person that I am. Uh-huh. So it gives me Fargo. <laughs> that was the only thing I was going to compare it to. Oh, really? Yeah, that was the Hell only yeah. That was the only thing See, I was going to compare it to. See, I can hang with you. Yeah, that was good. Um, so it gives me Fargo, it gives me Virgin Suicides Ooh, a little bit. Because of that, yeah. I mean, that 90s, like, I guess you'd call it noir. Well, and it's a these little bit. two female leads yeah, kind of I mean, their way. Yeah, and I mean, young, when when the primary, primary presence in terms of a character are multiple young teen, young adult females. Sure. It has a certain vibe, especially if it's an indie film. So, um, it also gives me three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, I did. Oh, I about messed up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm feeling that because of, like I said, some settings, yeah. some moods, some music. I didn't some... even think about that movie. That is such a good movie. Oh <sighs> man. Know. Three billboards is amazing. If Just you have you not now. seen three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, you've categorically messed up. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of those type of, that was one of those that was like a big like contender awards winner all that stuff but i i can comfortably say about that one that that is not one of the ones that was overrated that movie was oh, not, yeah, it, no. it deserved the level of praise that it got sure yeah so, and it had a lot to say and it had sam rockwell so <laughs> god almighty yeah well i mean he, so did iron man 2 and we can't brag about that movie oh, so man, how dare you do him <laughs> like that god no i love him but whenever i think about a not so great sam rockwell <laughs> that's the movie that i think about just don't think about it sorry okay it's like one of the worst marvel movies to date <laughs> oh my god that is correct so, um, yeah, so it gives me those vibes. It also gives me sharp objects vibes. Okay. Because you've got the young girls, you've got mm. the slow burn. It, it, it is, a, well, hmm. I hate to kind call of. it, I hate to call it a slow burn. Let me, hear me out. No, 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 I don't, I, I'm not arguing with you here. I, I, I hate to call it a slow burn because it, it really isn't, uh, it, it, it by definition, it kind of doesn't fall into that category, but sure. there's something about the mood mm-hmm. that makes you think that it is. I yeah. think it has to do with the score. I think it has to do with um, some of the cinematography. Yeah. It just, it, it's playing on some um, heartstrings that have been there for a while. Sure. Uh, to use a phrasing by uh, my friend Victoria. Yeah. So that's kind of why it gives me sharp objects vibes and, um, I also kind of thought if if you like Ozarks, if you like that Ozark, sort of, you mean Ozark? Sorry, yeah, yeah. If you like that, um, yeah. I, as far as tone and mood, tone, it's got yeah. that dark uh, cinematography. It's yes. uh, the undertones. It's very blue. 
the show. It is very this blue. Movie is very blue physically, not I, not even like emotionally. Like so it's blue. yeah, no, totally. And I literally had the thought when we were watching it. I was like, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna tell Blaine that it has a it has a blue vibe, and he's gonna argue with me because no, it's literally filmed with a blue tint. Um, yeah, and but, it's something that they do similarly in Ozark as well. Correct, but there's also a there's also um some specks of really bright red throughout this movie sure her hat there's mm-hmm. just um, a dress at one point like there's like this major contrast that happens yeah we don't want to go too deep into it here we're just saying who shouldn't shouldn't see it but you're but, good. okay but i was you're just good. saying yeah i mean it it it, it gives that yeah. mellow um kind of vibe yeah sure so yeah i mean i don't think we need to go too much more into who should or shouldn't see it if those are all that's a pretty good list of things i mean this show or this movie is it's it's got a very specific tone i mean this is an indie film for sure in as far as the vibe and the tone it's it's doing its own thing Uh, i think fargo is a really good comparison that was honestly the only one i was even going to give but you gave a couple others that were pretty good as well it's yeah, that, that's that's a good way to go. I don't want to say too much. So I guess just go off that if you've not decided if you're going to see it or not yet. And now we're going to work into our actual individual thoughts, our reviews of the film. So from this point forward, we are actually going to be, it's going to be spoilers from here on out. So, I mean, honestly, my guess is we're going to start talking about the end of the movie right away. So, (laughs) so just know that. So spoilers starting now, let's do this. So (laughs) I guess I'll, I'll drive this ship. I I really do think that we should probably start at the end just because you, so (laughs) if you're a new listener to us, me and the guys quite often, we will go see these movies together or we will go a couple days without seeing the or with after seeing the movie in between that and doing the podcast and this has become a very difficult thing for us because we can't talk about movies together and that was one of the things that I had to talk to Sid about because she wanted to talk about this movie after it ended. And I was like, I'm not going to talk about this with you. We cannot discuss this. And she had some serious questions about it and I refused to talk about it or answer her. And, uh, it was, uh, not to her liking, but much to my chagrin. So it was a fight. <laughs> it was not a fight, but she wasn't happy about it. So what I actually want to do is, what we don't do quite often, but I actually want to start at the end of this movie. So we're going to write out it right out of the start of this thing. I want to talk about how this movie ended because it seemed like you were a bit up in the air about the message. So actually, you know what? Nope. Put a pin in it. We're going to come back to this before we do that. I want to know, because me and the guys normally do this in the beginning did you like this movie? How did you feel about this movie? Okay. God, did I like it? Why is this such a hard question? And and do you think that if we talked about the end of this movie, would it change possibly even if you liked it or not? Or your feelings yeah, on it? I think if I could understand how this movie ended, <laughs> then I, could pro- I probably would sway as far as whether I liked it or not. The reason I have a hard time answering that is because, like I said earlier, and I'm consistent, I believe in stories, I believe in storytelling, I believe in art, and so this was a piece of art. Yeah, it definitely was that. And so I have to give it that, and 
it, I don't have to like it for it to be art and for That's me true. to revere it um, for that reason. Um, there were just things about it that didn't vibe with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and like, I'd probably, I hate to be a Chris. Oh God. <laughs> I probably wouldn't watch it again. Oh, well, the, yeah, no, that's Chris fine. says that like every episode. He, he does. He Shout says that about every movie. <laughs> oh, I don't think I'm watching again, but you know, I mean, I saw it. We sat through it, you know? <laughs> no, um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, but you don't have to want to watch something again for it to be a good movie either. Or even to like or love it. I can think right. about films that I liked a lot that I don't necessarily want to watch again. Right. I mean, I'm sure that there are plenty of people that like really liked The Passion of the Christ. I can't say you'd ever want to watch <laughs> The Passion of the Christ more than once. Oh my God, Blaine. Sorry, that was a weird one, but I mean, for real. Like, sorry, Mom that's, and Granny. And... That's, that's some heavy material, right? I mean, you don't really want to see that multiple times. I mean, okay, yeah, I take your point. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. like heavy. Yeah, that's so, fair. Not to say that this movie is compared to Passion of the Christ nope, it in sure any isn't. way, shape, or form, but I'm just saying some movies have a tone or a vibe that maybe make it so that you don't want to necessarily see it again, or maybe just that most of what there is to get from it can be gotten from the first viewing sure yeah so i guess to answer it um i did like it i did like it um it's not one of my favorite movies but um i did like it and i didn't understand the ending which is something that you're excited about (laughs) (laughs) i mean kind of what did you think that i thought about it what do you think my opinion i think you liked it yeah yeah okay yeah did you I, i did like it I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, it's not like my movie of the year or anything. I've seen some really good movies this year too. So it's a hard competition in general. Uh, like you, I, I don't know that I'd necessarily, I don't think I'd really watch it again, but I think it's worth seeing. Uh, I think if you're into any of the things that you listed earlier, I'd recommend seeing it. Uh, it I, I liked it. Uh, there are a lot of things that I liked about it. Uh, I think that there were some things missing from it. We can go into that a little bit more. There are some things that I didn't, that didn't a hundred percent vibe or work with me. Not a ton, but it, it wasn't a perfect film. Yeah, me too. I think a lot of times what happens when you're a big movie buff is you get, you pick up what a movie's putting down Yeah, and then you're like, Oh, what if it did this? Yeah. What if it did this? And then you, I mean, and that's unfortunate because yeah. it really should be allowed to stand on its own. It should. But you know, it just happens where you're just like, Oh, I, you immediately kind of take ownership in a certain way creatively. Sure. So sure. And, and I mean, and that is the thing that I love the most about this movie is that it did have a very clear vision. You could tell, like they had the story they wanted to tell things they wanted to do. And I, they did that. And so by that alone, I would say that this movie was well executed and it's a good film. Yeah. Just from that. So since we've talked about that a little bit, let's rewind back to where we put the pin in and let's talk about the end of the movie. So do you just want me to tell you what I'm pretty sure was the case with this whole situation and what was going on? Yeah. Okay. So in the end of the movie, so if you've seen it, the one of the young women was in a situation with a man uh, it seemed like things were getting really sketchy and she found some evidence as to where it looked like he had killed somebody. And then as a result, tried to get away. He was very rough with her. Everything ensued and kept going. And basically like, I mean, there wasn't like a rape or anything. I was really kind of worried about that. Cause I just really do not like rape in film and it really bothers me. And yeah. I was like, please don't make us watch. Yeah. That. I was super worried. And then they didn't. And they actually handled a lot of things very tastefully in this film. 
which I really liked. And maybe some of that is due to the fact that there's two women that wrote it and directed it. And I think that it meshes with the vibe that they were going for. And it worked really well. I really appreciated that. But so she does end up killing this dude, impaling him with a harpoon, and then smashing the shit out of his face with a brick. Can I say something here? Yes. Okay. This all happens like pretty fast in terms of the progression of things going south with this dude and her killing him and then her deciding how to handle the fact that she killed him like it all happens in quick progression yeah and something that i liked was that you didn't really have a chance to decide whether you thought she should kill him or not like you it it wasn't the type of movie that wanted you very quickly well and it didn't it, it wasn't trying to elicit from you a moral like analysis of whether or not she should have killed him like it was just like this is what happened this is what she does about it and this is the point of the movie and i kind of liked that because um because at first i thought it was going to be about whether or not she should have what the next move should be now that there's a dead body yeah um and that go that's where my brain goes but then it just kind of takes off from there in its own direction which yeah. i liked i liked a lot i just had a huge revelation about a scene in this movie what? that i'd been thinking about and couldn't figure it out and we're gonna have to come back to it i wrote it down so that we can i just figured out something i think that i was confused about did not know what it, the scene was what the scene was about and I think I figured it out while you were just talking. So I did miss a little so bit. So you weren't listening, right? I did miss some of what you were saying, <laughs> but this was a big revelation. I'm sorry. So, but everyone else heard it. So it's okay. So basically that's all that, you know, the lead up into what basically comes at the end, which is that they cut the dude up. She kills him. They cut him up, stick him in a cooler. And then at the end of the movie, the, the girls are walking down the street and they're passing the old ladies and they're all singing blow the man down and there is a cooler the the cooler that his body was in and actually they previously alluded to the fact that one of the older women was seeing it washed up do you remember that did you catch that that's no, what they were showing i didn't so before that they were showing well so one they showed multiple things so at one point they showed a quick little scene of the cooler floating on the top of the water showing that basically the anchor had come off that they had to pull it down and that it had come to the top of the water. Mm -hmm. So they showed that. Mm -hmm. So now we know at that point that the cooler is out in the wild. It's floating. So then a little while later, after some other scenes, then it shows one of the old ladies walking across the dock. She looks down, clearly looking at something floating and it's her finding the cooler. You probably missed that too. And if you didn't catch that the cooler was floating, then all of that would have been missed. So they basically, they dropped a line that the cooler was floating. Then they showed the older woman seeing the cooler floating, but they don't show you the cooler. You just know that she's seen something in the water. Right. So it was the cooler. Right. So, and they had the cooler wrapped up pretty good. So I don't think that the cooler's contents, the being the chopped up body had like come loose. I just think that, you know, they were that, she found the cooler, right? So then she clearly, she took the cooler out. She saw what was in it. And then the girls are walking down the street and it shows the old lady cleaning the bloody cooler off and there's no body in it and (laughs) nobody and nobody. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Gotcha. And Matt's not here. I had to tell a real lame joke. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's not a physical body in the cooler anymore. And she's cleaning it all out. The old ladies are singing Blow the Man Down together. And then it just like the girls are just clearly shocked and it cuts to black. Right. So what are we supposed to take from that? The whole thing is that the old women figured out what happened. They all figured it out. They found out that the young women were the ones that killed this guy. And they found out that they were involved. And they're literally covering up the murder for the girls. <gasps> oh. Yeah, that was because them. Because they love Mary Margaret so yes, much. Yes. That's why. And not only that, they know and they had already vocalized that they were, these were good girls. Like, they liked these girls, these young women. And they knew and, that they were good people. And they had such an issue with Enid and all yeah. of the riffraff that Enid had introduced to the town. Yeah. Well, which, they did too. They all took part. Well, they all did. But Enid was more like a wild card. Sure. And they expressed that pretty strongly. So, the point is yeah. that they knew that... The girls would never have met that guy if yeah. it hadn't been Verenid yep. and her whorehouse. Yep, exactly. And I think that they, they knew that these girls wouldn't have done something like that if it wasn't like an altercation and they weren't forced into it. Well, yeah. I mean, they knew exactly what type of person he would be mm -hmm. because he was a person who would have come into the port, who would have been looking for... Well, actually, no. He wasn't that kind of person. He grew up in the town. Oh, he was one of the townspeople. He was. I a, thought he was like a. He was tied. He was a the John. No, I'm pretty. I I don't think. Well, maybe not. I, actually, no. I'm mixing him up with someone else. I think he did kind of blow in with the town and whatever. But he was associated with the man that was connecting Enid to all of the boatmen. He was connected to that guy. Yeah. So maybe he did come into town. Yeah, it's because he was a John. Yeah, he he was, I guess, a John, and then they started making him kind of maybe a pimp of some sort towards like the the guys that were coming in on the boats almost or a connection maybe of some sort she had gotten involved with them somehow they never fully specified but so anyways the whole point is that those old ladies that were trying to take down the brothel and all that stuff were just proving that they were awesome and were just like fine we'll take this body out of here we'll do something with it we'll cover up the murder for you guys and you're not implicated anymore and you're safe that was the whole thing was them just being badasses right there at the end and them helping them out that's cool because i took it as is this a well and and that's why i said remember when i said her face didn't look mean and evil at the yeah, end it was like a it was she was smiling because mm -hmm. she was kind of like you know i know i know what's up we know what's up we're out here in the street singing blow the man down you know right and it's okay because, that's way cooler yeah it's awesome because cooler was <laughs> <laughs> <So>, a cooler <laughs> so i thought it was more like they were like talking about their future plans and and then all of a sudden oh shit now this we yeah. know that this old lady knows about the murder yeah. you so thought it was the end of them like it mm -hmm. was just like it was like oh no dun 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 what's gonna happen are they now gonna get arrest get arrested and whatever else arrested yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so now that you know that that's not the case and it was actually technically a happy ending no okay i like that more and this is why it it helps to um, punctuate the character of all of those women because throughout the yeah. whole movie, they're very much 
like this virtuous force. Mm-hmm. And they just seem like <clears throat> they also just kind of seem like some uppity bitches, like just a little some, bit, like, like, but only in certain ways. And you're just like old biddies, kind of in some ways, yes, but in other ways, you're just like, I don't know. I mean, I get where they're coming from because because the, the whole point is they. For anyone who's listening to this for some reason and hasn't seen the movie, which would be crazy, but um, the whole point is uh, this group of women um, in this port town, port city, were just seeing a ton of, um, I guess, predatory behavior from the men who were coming in on these boats. They were docking there, um, fishermen, and of course, going to bars and looking for women and those women were the daughters of the the um in the town like just daughters like teens preteens probably as well and so what they decided to do about that issue that was never going to go away was that they decided to start a whorehouse where they would bring in women who actually wanted to sell their bodies um so you know women who wanted that life <laughs> and um then it would it would keep the men who were coming in from going after the daughters to so to yeah. speak the daughters of the town so this pact was made it was this group of ladies that went in on it who um who started this whole thing and this Enid character played by what's her name? You love her so much. <laughs> Margot Martindale, one of the best actresses on the face of the planet. She's brilliant. And I will just go ahead and say she's also brilliant in this movie. Fantastic as always. Just a lovely presence. I love her. I will watch her in anything. She kills it in Justified. If you've never seen Justified, I don't know what the hell you're doing with your life. Just start now. They're all on Amazon. Justified's amazing. And actually she's on Bojack Horseman, the animated show, as herself and they just constantly call her character actress Margot Martindale, and she comes onto the show to be herself acting in parts to basically like pretend to be other people because she's such a good character actor. Hmm. Well, I will add, yeah, I will second that because um, she plays a really, she plays such a true character in this movie where she's like, I guess relatively she's kind of the the bad guy because she's she's really into the business component of things and she's really trying to run this thing as a business where the other ladies are in it for like their virtuous reasons they're just trying to protect the daughters of the town where enid's like well we're trying to make money like that's why we out here so yeah so that's the contrast between the other ladies and her and she plays that role really well and and I was going to say about her, we know that she wasn't trying to play a very evil character because yeah. we know that Margaret Martindale can play an evil character. Oh, yeah. Because she played the most evil character almost known to man in Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> and, well, she, and it, her character in Justified is pretty crooked, too. She's she's very good at doing a, the bad lady, but also giving across that like sweet motherly, like, I'm going to be bad news but also like make you feel like you need me mm-hmm. she, that's what she's good at she does it in this movie she didn't justify she does that in handmaid's tale yeah so but 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 what I, my point is is that um she we know she can play that role really well sure. and she's not trying to make you feel that way in this movie too much like no. she's, she's more good than bad is is what I'm i going. would say so too it's just that she's someone who's clearly made her own decisions and probably handled things pretty well up until this point and then she made the wrong decision by 
getting a man to kill one of her her ladies. Mm-hmm. Because the lady stole from stole her. Stole from her. Yep, exactly. And this was where she she went full like hood <laughs> out of nowhere and, you know, made a not so great decision. Fatal error. Yeah. So like I mean, saying hood. <laughs> That's not an error. I mean it is, man. You know, you going she was going thug on She him. went gangster. She went gangster on him. True. So but yeah, um I would say she makes the movie in a lot of ways because of that character. And yeah. and for that reason, I would definitely recommend it. I think it's a it's a great movie. depiction. Yeah. Yeah, no, she was she was very good uh in it as a whole and I think that all the casting for uh, my position was honestly all really well done. I, there was nobody in this movie that I didn't really like. Everybody worked for me. Uh, I th- really liked how everyone, even the lead two actresses, are all very normal, regular-looking people. People that you would see in your everyday life. And they all felt and looked like people that you would have seen in this like middle-of-nowhere Maine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they were they were okay having characters look and feel very plain. And, I mean, honestly, like, the only even, like, there wasn't a ton of men in this film, but the only handsome or even relatively attractive person almost in the majority of the movie was uh, the character. I'm trying to remember what his name. The actor's name is Will Britton. The cop. Uh, the cop. Yeah, the young cop. He was one of the only att- what I would consider attractive, very attractive people in the film. As far as how they were portraying them, at least, you know, I'm sure that some of the other people were, but they were downplaying them and yeah. making them look very basic. Well, I like um, it, it. That brings something to mind. Um, I like that at the end. So he's like very wholesome as a yeah, character. He is. I liked that about him. He was just trying to do the right thing, and he was new to being a cop, and mm-hmm. he was just trying to do the job right, and the town wasn't really allowing him to do what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was wholesome, but he wasn't stupid. No. Um, even though he was also kind, and he was courteous, yeah. but he wasn't stupid. Yeah, and they didn't and- portray him as like that being those being bad qualities because quite often they do portray films portray people with his personality traits as being like naive naive or dumb or whatever right well so that being said i like that at the end he was like yeah i don't like her anymore like he got a vibe from her yeah he didn't trust her and i mean you know like great that she had the old ladies covering for them but at the end of the day, she still did something wrong. Yeah. And it still blocked her life from a potential relationship that she could have had. Sure. You know, and there's so there's consequences yeah. for everything. Yeah. Because ultimately, she could have called the cops. Yeah. But she just didn't. And yeah, like I she said, she was trying he, to save her sister, which, and honestly, knowing well, the, the situation and, and the, the sister guy, could have called the cops. Yeah. Like it, even with what had happened, if they had just from the beginning called the police. They probably wouldn't have been implicated in much of anything. It would have been pretty cut and dry. I mean, he had signs of a murder in his trunk. Like, it would have been understood why she killed this sketchy-ass dude. Well, and it says a lot, too. I think there's a lot of meaning in that. And that this woman is like, I killed this guy. And she feels like she's done something wrong. When, I mean, she's cornered. Like, had she not killed him if he had been? And we don't really know. We still don't know. Well, actually, we do know. He killed the prostitute, right? 
Uh, or did yes. Enid kill no, her? No, no, no. He did. He did. Oh, so that was my revelation. You ready for this? Yeah. So when it happened in the film, in the beginning, it starts out kind of slow and you're finding out about the funeral and all that stuff. There's a scene. Oh, the chasing scene? Yes. What is that? That was him killing her. Oh. He had... <gasps> and Enid standing yes, in the and window. Yes, and Enid watched the murder. Enid saw the murder. Well, and she watched it as if she knew it was going to happen. Yeah, they literally show us the murder in the beginning of the film. And you don't even realize that that's what it is. You don't know who it is, what's going on, and it's that he's chasing her across the lawn. He tack, or well, he he like yanks her jacket off while he's chasing her, and then he ends up tackling her, and that's all you see. And you see Margaret Martindale's character watching, and that's it. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot that of sense. That was the big realization that I came to earlier, and I was sitting mm-hmm. here thinking about. It. I was like, "Holy shit, we saw the murder, just or the beginning of it, mm-hmm. and didn't even know." And that was her just watching it, which is insane. Like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's so many layers to it. Um, and that's why it's a good movie. Yeah. And, you know, it's weird talking through it. it does make you yeah. change your opinions on I, it. I'm actually even warming up more on it the more I talk about it. I, yeah. I think that it's a it's a really solid film. Well, this just goes to show that, like, when you watch a movie or a show, you're not supposed to just watch it and be done with it. Yeah, and you're I think that's what a lot of people do. You're supposed to talk about it. Mm-hmm. they just be like, oh, that was okay, right? Yeah, you know, whatever the slant may be that you feel like you're taking. Like, I feel like sometimes it is that you're meant to talk about it. You're meant to brew on it a little bit. You're meant to, like, because... I am kind of warming up on it more. And it's kind of like even when we were talking about The Hunt a while back and Matt's opinions on it. And by the end of the conversation, Matt was like, I feel like I might like this movie more if I saw it again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I it's just pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, because I'm just thinking about how like when when she originally decided to cover up her murder. I'm like, well, why don't you just go to the cops? Like I'm criticizing her, but then I'm thinking about it. I'm like, you know, what would I do? What would I do? And what does it say about, you know, what is this movie trying to say about the fact that this girl doesn't feel supported enough in her choice to defend her life because she's cornered at the time when she kills him. Like if he were to have seen her first, it would have been too late. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and he's not, yeah. So it's just interesting. Yeah. Talking it out makes you realize what the movie's trying to say. Sure. Yeah. No, I agree. And so kind of talk about a few other things. So one big thing I got to say, one thing I loved is uh, the shanty songs, the random, like when they did blow the man down and like the, the way that they did them where they just showed the guys singing them on the boat, staring directly into the camera. And at one point it's just the guy's head floating on the screen, singing it while other stuff was going on in the background. Like just like, and it was like this very, like uh, that along with a lot of the other things, it was just full of this like dry, dry humor. And to where it's just like, you don't even laugh out loud about it, but thinking about it, you're just like, that's pretty funny. Like that was pretty goofy, but intentionally so. And just a neat thing. It that's part of the stuff too that kind of gives it a Fargo vibe, I think. Yeah. I that, agree. That dry humor. And there were a couple things that made me chuckle pretty good. Most of the time I was just laughing at Margot Martindale just being her, but like there was legit a few pretty funny things. Most of the things actually also were just with the cops. They worked well for the comedic relief and mm-hmm. what was going on with them. Cause I mean, a lot of the subject matter was a bit more serious, but it never felt heavy to me. 
this movie didn't feel heavy, I guess. Like I didn't feel the weight of it. If that makes any sense, Mm -hmm. it it stayed light enough that it was enjoyable and not just like overly had too much of a weight to it, I guess. That's the only way I really know how to describe it. Yeah, I would agree. It somehow managed to be a a movie about murder, multiple murders, (laughs) and not be a heavy movie. So, yeah. yeah, I thought that that was really well executed. And so yeah i mean the shanty songs the dry comedy uh how i talked about it earlier about how this movie just felt kind of tasteful even though it was kind of violent and i think that that comes from the the main aspect of this film and how much they honed in on that and they wanted to give you the vibe of the small fishing town and how it was this kind of wholesome small town place with this little bit of underbelly that they had to introduce to it to make money. Mm -hmm. And the fact that like the cop was totally okay with it, you know? And he was just like, yeah, this is like, this is our brothel and this is where the money for the town comes from. And like, we're okay with it. And, um, you know, I love these people in this brothel and you know, whatever, like it was no thing. And the young cops just like, what, what, we're okay with this. I just really liked that whole dynamic a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that Agreed. was really well executed. There's it. It really is. This is becoming one of those. The more and more I talk about it, the more I like it. Mm-hmm. And which is, I'm glad that I'm. And part of why I wanted to do this movie too was it seemed like something that would be a better movie for you and I. I'm trying to think about it. Like I do not think Matt would like this movie. I think there's a good chance that Matt would actively hate this movie. I can see that it, he would say it's boring. Yeah, he would just say it was boring and dumb. One and, of the comments I wrote down about it was that. Um, almost boring, but not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's not. It's just because there's a lot happening that sh- that's sort of like under the surface. Yeah. Matt would think it's boring. It, but it is. It's a lot of setup and brewing and stewing and and like you're, you're <laughs> one more food metaphor here. You're marinating in it. You know, brewing, stewing, and marinating. marinating. That's what okay. I would say on my official review. You're cut off. That's it, folks. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. It's it, the movie wants you to do those things to just simmer in it. You know. Oh my god, I can't. <laughs> they want you to do all of these food metaphors yeah and i'm not even hungry but yeah well actually now that i said the word hungry my stomach started growling a little bit (laughs) yeah i feel like they did they they, throughout this drawn out time which i don't think it overstayed its welcome you know i don't think it overstayed its welcome i think that it, it it was an hour and a half it was it was a good length but they did want you to do all of those metaphors while you were watching it and really absorb what was going on basting yeah exactly yeah yeah i concur (laughs) but yeah i thought that all that stuff was really well executed i I think we've went through this thing pretty well we've bopped around it wasn't like a very orderly review but again i don't know why anybody would listen to a review without no without having seen the movie so i mean people do do that i actually know one of our listeners who regularly does that okay so yeah i don't know you know i guess to each his own i don't like to do that kind of thing because i don't like things spoiled but other people don't care but either way but also it makes more sense hearing people bop around uh in a 
throughout like a movie's plot if you've seen it yeah it's (laughs) a more organic conversation for sure yeah but yeah i don't think there's really anything else i mean like i said i don't want to name off every single actor but i liked a lot of the work that was done here actually the actress from the wrestling show that i like oh the wolf from glow from glow yeah (laughs) and i don't even like wrestling but glow is fantastic it you should check that out or some wrestling but yeah uh the uh the name of the actress is Gailey Rankin. She plays this wolf girl on Glow, and she's great. And she was in this movie. I thought she did a good job, too. Yeah. And, yeah, everybody in it, I just really enjoyed. I enjoyed what they were doing. And I just, which you know that I really just, like, love Man in My Heart and being a big Stephen King fan and everything and reading all his books. Like, this was just, like, perfect for me. It just, even though this town kind of sucked, it still just made me want to go to Maine. <laughs> like domain just seems dope aside from like all the seafood and stuff i'm not a big seafood person so i'd probably that would be a thing that i'd struggle with in maine because everywhere i'd just be like can i get like a steak or something this is a fascinating conversation dude some people might agree with me i don't know <laughs> maybe they do so is there anything else you want to talk about about this thing <clears throat> i don't think so i think we covered it yeah yeah awesome all right so this is the part where we move into what really happened on Rotten Tomatoes and see what the critics thought and see if we were right about our guesses and if, you know, everything, if we were on target with what we thought. So I'm going to pull it up here and I'm going to show her. I've got it ready and we're both going to look at it. So if you just hold on one second, we're both going to take a look at the scores. All right. Can you see that? Yeah. All right, so here they come. Scores coming in. Holy crap, this thing is at a 99% from critics on Rotten Tomatoes. I knew it. A 99%. So you won on that because you guessed a 92 and I was at an 87. Yeah, dude. So you won on that. That is a dang, that's a high score. And that, so that's from 94 people. It's not a massive number. That's about a third of what most regular movies are. But being that this didn't even have a theater release i mean you know i guess that kind of makes sense but at the same time supposedly everyone's at home (laughs) so and everyone has amazon prime let's be real here so you know everybody could really watch this just about but Mm -hmm. still 99 percent. that's crazy um with 94 critics and then by the user rating it's at a 77 percent which out of 132 people and i guessed 66 so i won on that when i was 10 off you were on you guessed 59 yeah so but i think that we both kind of had the same idea here where the critics were really gonna like it and the (laughs) the um, audience was gonna be so so on it but i still think that that's a pretty solid score a 77 percent is not bad for an audience score it is and for the format of the show where you're trying to you know give that um every person's perspective sure. not just every man oh i meant men as far as human beings anyway. we're all men here <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> um but anyway this isn't a great example because it's uh it is it falls in line with a, a movie that the critics would love oh yeah this um, is a critic movie through and not through. to go into all that yeah, sure we, we don't need to do that but sure it doesn't surprise me um yeah and, and i guess i haven't done this in a while but if you don't know how rotten tomatoes works it is an aggregate so basically 
all the critics give their thumbs up, thumbs down, the reviews, whatever, yeses or nos. And then basically it's based, that percentage is based off of what they all said accumulatively. And then the same for the general public as well. But I find this method to be a little meh, but, and a lot of people do actually, there's been a pretty big movement over the years to kind of come against Rotten Tomatoes because it's kind of garbage. But, and it's really good at tanking movies. Uh, especially with how critics are. But so that's just a little refresher on how Rotten Tomatoes works. It's going to be really hard to find a splat from critics, but clearly a few people didn't like it. I want to find one. And actually, I guess for the big subheading, it, it always gives like one little liner on what people thought about the well, the general critics consensus. And it says clever, funny and original blow. The man down is a cinematic journey. That's not to be missed. Clever, funny, Clever, comma, funny. Yeah. Comma, and original. I don't know if I only had three adjectives to use to describe this movie, if I would yeah. say funny is one of them. Yeah, I mean, it is funny, but it's not like, that is not, it wouldn't be like the second adjective because I'd use. See, Yeah, because see, clever kind of doubles as it's smart, but it's also got wit. Yeah. So I think clever covers that. Funny, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to get into semantics, but honestly, I mean, you are. God, you I mean, are. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to get into semantics. So I'm doing <laughs> But yeah, I don't think funny is... is I mean, it had some good funny stuff, but... And you didn't even laugh as much in this movie as I did. I don't think you found some of the things funny that even I found funny. And I could see how... I sure did not. (laughs) I could see how a lot of people could think that there was some pretty funny stuff about this. I mean, I honestly even found the murder in itself kind of funny. I laughed when she harpooned him. I thought that was freaking real funny. (laughs) I was just like, oh, shit, you got harpooned in the throat, bitch. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, I did. That was pretty much exactly what I said. You were there. So I'm I'm trying to find a negative critic review. Critic review. Oh, there's one. Okay. So Jackie K. Cooper from his own website, (laughs) this old gentleman, he's a character, (laughs) man. I like this guy with Jackie K. He did not dig this movie. Out of his little rating score, he gave it a five out of 10. So he was very lukewarm on this thing. He said, a quirky movie whose quirkiness never delivers. But I'd watch any movie that stars Margot Martindale. Man, Jackie K. You're you're all right, Jackie K. Right. I mean, as far as Margot. I mean, and, you you know. I mean, I fully agree with Jackie K. You do? Yeah, I literally just But a 5 out of 10? You give it a 5 out of 10? You wouldn't give it a higher if you were to put it on the It just depends on what... That's so hard because it's like, are you rating it based on... God, I mean, the rubric. I'd have to see the rubric. There's probably not one. He just says, that was a 5 out of 10. Yeah, I need a rubric. But, I mean, I, I'd give it a higher than that if I was giving it a 1 to 10. But the, I, he's, he he said some good stuff there. I, I like old bald man glasses Jackie. So let's Can we tag Jackie K? <laughs> I don't think he has an Instagram or a... He might. Or a, which we... Our, our Twitter's pretty weak, so <laughs> that's probably where he'd be. But we don't really uh, take care of that thing too much. But it's because we were would, refused to, twit, to tweet. Yeah, I did not want to be a twat for many years. And <laughs> due to this freaking podcast, I had to get one. So if y'all want us to be more active on that... People should follow it because I don't think we have any right now. So, <laughs> you know, there's that. But anyway, so yeah, that was that was what's up there. I think we've talked about all that pretty 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 deep. Like, let's wrap this up before you say anything else terrible and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna say something else dumb, but I haven't said anything too terrible. I don't think. I mean, I don't know. You tend to pick apart what I say more than anybody else. So it's my job. It's what they know. pay me for. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, so after that, 
Uh, if you are new to us and this podcast, one thing we do at the end of every episode is we give our send-offs. We have send-off songs, which is our music recommendations for the week, and everybody gives one, so both of us will. And so why don't you go ahead and start off, Sid, with your song for this week, and my guess is you're going to cheat like Matt and Chris and try and sneak in a second one. I am going to do that, but you don't have to put... You don't have to put both on the on the uh, the playlist. Yeah, well, I can. It's Which, fine. by the way, everybody, this playlist is dope. If y'all haven't followed it, it's a mistake. Yeah, it's you should. Real, and it's on good. Spotify. That's all you have to do. And I put tons of links in the show notes. It's in there. Or it's also called the uh, Critically Aroused Send-Off Song Playlist on Spotify. So it'd be pretty easy to find. So you yeah. should definitely follow this thing. It's great. And I add to it every week. We keep up with it and add the songs after every episode. So follow it. Yeah. So my first song is um, definitely needs to go on the playlist. Um, it is by Young Mister, who is one of my absolute favorite music artists on the face of the planet. He has a direct line to the divine, and he's <laughs> just a vessel that should be protected. <laughs> in my opinion, I just think he's and he's a rad dude. We met him this past year. He's yeah. really really nice guy really cool dude i freaked him out like i always do you were being real weird when i meet celebrities oh she's real weird if you're famous (laughs) uh don't meet her because she will give you the creeps and you run away (laughs) (laughs) that's like what i aim to do she was yeah same for dylan manette not long ago when we met him she was real weird around him too seth avitt shout out seth yeah she's she's real weird (laughs) who has met me multiple times yeah and weird every time Yep, that's what I do. Anyway, um, so Young Mister, check him out. If you, I mean, he is like just Americana, um, acoustic, not just acoustic, but just beautiful folk Americana at its best. And he has a new song called Easier. Um, That is awesome, like everything he does. (laughs) And uh, my second song is just for... um, a message. It's "Get Up, Stand Up" by Bob Marley. Okay, I'd Old really Bob. like. I'd like for it to be on the podcast. I mean, on the playlist because okay. um, I think it's important right now. Sure. Yeah, I'll add it. It's not a big deal. Normally, we have three songs every week, anyways. So this is just filling in a blank oh, yeah. for one of the songs that we don't. Yeah, have. make it Matt's song. He definitely loves Matt Bob Marley. Be, Matt'll be okay. Uh, does yeah. he? Oh yeah, Matt vibes to Bob for sure. Does can't he? You, Are you, you just saying it? that because yes. I've known Matt a long time and I've never known him to listen <laughs> to? <laughs> That's her Matt impersonation. There's no words. It's just her going here, <laughs> which is honestly a pretty accurate Matt. No words and just going here. <laughs> <laughs> I told the people I. Would deliver by the end of the podcast she did that was a pretty good bat no one cares but our friends (laughs) i don't know everybody that listens if they're used to hearing matt they they might care which i don't think he's done that on the podcast so it's hard to because yours was more of a facial expression than a uh, audible we need to get the film going live you guys will uh collect a major following and people can see how handsome your mugs are oh yeah we some sexy boys you really are (laughs) all of you are very handsome favorite boys you're, well, my, you're my favorite favorite, but... Well, I'm glad that that makes sense. Mm-hmm, it does. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, cool. Well, she recommended those. I'm going to recommend one that there's a good chance that you've heard. Uh, it was a little bit of a big deal this week. I think, at least for me, it was. I've listened to it, or well, last week? 
this, I think it was last week, actually, the end of last week, but I've listened to it nonstop. Seriously, I cannot give you a number as to how many times I've listened to this song, but it is Level of Concern by 21 Pilots. This is their like full-blown coronavirus song. That, coronavirus! <laughs> <laughs> that they wrote during the situation. And it's so, so, so good. The song is amazing. 21 Pilots is amazing. I'm going to add it to the playlist for sure. Definitely listen to it over and over and over again. And check out the music video for it. It's fantastic. They've clearly recorded the song and the video and everything while they were in quarantine and it's just really cool and the song is just happy and it feels good and right now i think that that's what people need and i think a lot of people are focusing on the negative and i think that this is a time to focus on some good too mm-hmm. so so loop get up stand up and yeah. what's that one called what your song oh oh level of concern yeah. level of concern and get up stand up just loop them guys yeah and i mean if you even want to add in ground control to major tom <laughs> that's a good one too if you just want to listen to that song for whatever reason <laughs> okay i mean i've been thinking about that song today so ground control to major tom you really reach your mind that's okay. how it goes right yeah sure Okay. All we right. need to let these people yeah. go. All right. Yeah. We're going to quit holding you people hostage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, one big thing we want to do is give our thanks, our special thanks to some people helping us out. For one, actually, the first person I'm going to give a special thanks to is David Troutman. Uh, because he makes this sound better at the end of every week. And if you guys don't see this episode by what's the date right now, you said the 16th. Mm-hmm. So 17th, 18th. If you don't see this episode drop by the 18th, or if you're finding out after the fact, send David a message and tell him he's a shithead for not getting the episode ready already. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you, David, for making this episode sound good. And you better do it before Saturday. I'm going to stab you. So, Oh, threatening words. No, I'm just kidding. We love you, David. You do a great job. And we actually miss having you in the room. It's kind of weird without him being around. He hasn't been here for weeks and weeks and weeks. So, yeah, but special thanks to David and actually to his wife, my little sister, as well. We have not given her thanks Aww. yet. We need to. We need to give Aubrey a thanks. Uh, if you have seen our logo and how awesome it is, she made it. Granted, it was 100% my idea and my creativity and brilliant mind that came up with it, but she did execute it. So, Oh, my God. <laughs> Mad props. No, she did. She literally took what was out of my head and put it to paper. And I think that we have one of the best logos ever. She did a fantastic job. And this is like the third, quote unquote, like business logo she's made for me. And she kills it constantly. So we're going to put a link to her Instagram and that sort of stuff in our episode uh, show notes from now on so that if you want to have her do anything for you, you can because she does do freelance work and she would love it. So definitely do that as well. That's my sister, Aubrey Troutman. She also wife. does um, book cover yes. graphic design yes. um, for graphic novel writers. And no, writers. not graphic novels. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, just novelists. Just novelists. It's yeah. a lot of for indie novelists. She does uh, graphic uh, or well, she does covers, book covers. Yeah, that's a, so I that, guess that's that's, sweet, that's she's kind of blown up in this niche over the past couple of months. I don't know all the lingo, but I'm proud of her and she's awesome at it. Yeah, she and, does. And uh, you do can follow her on Instagram at, at Affinity Author Services. Yeah, I'm glad you found that. So yeah, that's that's her uh, Instagram, and we'll put a link to it just like we do everything. We will have links for the news. We will have links for the Spotify playlist and for us and anything else you might want. So make sure to check those show notes if you got any questions or 
thoughts. There's a good chance I put a link to something in there and I work hard on those. So definitely look at them. <laughs> so anyways, also last thanks is going to go as usual to Ketz Music. Uh, that's Dominic with Ketz Music. He's awesome. He made our intro and outro songs and you can find all his stuff at Ketsa, K-E-T-S-A, music, M-U-S-I-C.com. It's awesome stuff and a lot of his music's free. So you can just go over there, download it and listen to it whenever you want. It's really great instrumental stuff. And if you want to find us on Instagram, it's at Critically Aroused. On Twitter, we are at Aroused Media, and our website is criticallyaroused.fireside.fm. And if you want to send us any direct messages, you can do them on any of those sites. And I'm really debating on actually coming up with like a public web or email address. We don't haven't had one, but I think that we need to open up a line of a more direct line of communication with people. So I'm probably going to create one of those, but I don't want to give away our other email address because that's for the business stuff. So, anyways, we will do that soon, and I will think on what I'm going to do in regards to that. But definitely reach out to us, follow us, like us, and actually everybody else, if you could, definitely, if you think about it, give us a a like, uh, however many star review, whatever you want to do, because that's how people see us. And we need more people to do that. We haven't been encouraging or asking for it, but it's to the point now we've had enough episodes. I don't really feel bad about saying definitely give us a like or a follow and, and not just a subscribe, but the reviews help a lot, especially on iTunes. It's how people can find us that don't know about us. Also, Chris isn't in the room to look very ashamed at, um, hawking himself <laughs> yeah 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 because he shames me for hawking us at all so <laughs> there is that as well oh and if you want to follow or find me on instagram i'm i'm blaine andrews and sydney is sleepy space mom so i'll put the links for that stuff probably in the show notes i guess but um you know you can find us through the the critically aroused instagram as well and, oh and i don't even have i didn't give you the facebook either but it's at critically aroused as well but anyways guys i've been going on forever about this stuff We love y'all so much. Thank you. Stay safe out there. Do your thing. We love everybody thinking about you. Reach out to us. Hit us up. Love you. Deuces.